0: Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. My name is Luke Shankula, AKA Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents, put loan officers in the driver's seat and Man, I'm excited because today we have a very special guest, COO of Loans on Demand. So we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this time. She is an incredible human. She has, uh, you know, has had a crazy journey uh, through her life, and so I wanted to bring her on, talk a little bit about her life, her story, and then also uh, she's she's a brilliant marketer as well. So uh, we'll dive into that as well. So, Marissa. Thank you so much. Thank for you so here. Much. I'm Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited. And I'm thankful to be here. Appreciate you for asking me to come on the podcast. I'm um, seeing a lot of great guests. So really thankful to be here. Should we start with my story?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's do so it. Uh, let's so, do it. so yeah, let's 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 learn a little bit about your background, your story, uh, who you are as a person, right?
1: Okay, let's take it back a bit. So many of you may be thinking marketing and think that I started off with this desire, maybe I went to college with a marketing degree or had some type of background in that way. That's not my story. My actual story was um, I was in the healthcare space. So I started off in assisted living and I wanted to work in geriatrics. And then from there, I ended up at a large hospital here in Southern California. And I was working in that capacity with different departments. And in 2005, this is a good intro for you to, to meet me. In 2005, I actually started feeling my health decline and I couldn't understand. I was in my mid twenties. And I would be walking to work or going to a department. And all of a sudden I'd feel this weird jolt. And I'd be like, what's happening? Remember, I'm like 20, 23 years old. And so I started feeling this, this shift in my health. And I thought, well, maybe it's stress, maybe I'm overworked. Maybe it's a new position. I didn't know what was happening. And eventually down the road, I ended up founding that I started suffering from a vestibular condition. So inner ear to the brain, it doesn't function properly. So it's sending false signals. So it's making me have vertigo. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand what that meant. I didn't understand what was happening. I just started realizing that I was losing abilities, ability to walk properly, ability to drive, ability to do those functions. And slowly over time, it ended up taking away quite a bit from me. So I ended up losing um, within probably a three-year span, losing my job, unfortunately, because I couldn't work in that capacity. I ended up losing my ability to drive and I ended up using a cane. So if you take a step back to the mid-20s, that's a time where you're just kind of getting into your swing. You're getting into your groove, finding out who you are. And then I had all of those losses stacked up. So I didn't jump into marketing because I wanted to be a marketer. I jumped into marketing as a necessity because in those first three years, I was sort of losing and lost. And then I was so thankful to my family that supported me and surrounded me and kind of forced loved me to get to a therapist, to talk to someone and say, Hey, listen, Mm -hmm. there's still a way to have a life. There's still a way to have your dreams and hopes. It just has to look a little bit differently. And so that's how I ended up going and seeing a therapist, which if you're in a struggle in your life or you're going through anything, I highly recommend you do that. It's a safe place that I found. And I went and understood grief and loss. I went and understood anger and what I was going through from losing so many things. And so then I, from that point, I started listening. Well, what else can I do? You know, this, this idea of working from home in 2005, six, seven, and eight really wasn't as popular as it is today. So I didn't really understand like, oh, wait, I can work from home. So I started listening a little bit more, listening a little more. And then I heard my husband say, I need help with marketing. And that is what sparked the journey. What is marketing? Stuff from TV, like selling things from TV, selling, you know, the lady at Costco selling, what is marketing? And so that's how I ended up having a spark and an interest for something I could possibly try with helping my husband with marketing. And that's how I started wow. the journey.
0: Wow. So, I mean, and, and to take it take it back even more, I mean, you were a basketball player and athlete, probably, you know, prided yourself in and being able to do those things, right? And then uh, that that suddenly got ripped away. From oh. you. I mean, how did that affect you emotionally, mindset wise? And I'm sure there was quite a journey going from you know where you were, right? an athlete that that prided yourself, I'm assuming, with you know, physical prowess, things like that. Like, how did that then affect your mindset for the next few years? I'm sure it wasn't just like, hey, you know what, I got this. Now I'm gonna do marketing, right? Like it was yeah, <laughs> like in, in high journey. school was
1: basketball, softball. I was never a girly girl, it was always a tomboy. So I was out there playing and getting scruffy and, you know, out there riding bikes and doing things, getting dirty. And so, you know, I I liked to run. I was starting to run, you know, three miles in the morning every day. And so it was just such a drastic shift to go from being, to moving. I mean, I wasn't a high end athlete, but to go from moving and being physical and being in the world and going to basketball games and, and baseball games and doing all these things in the world and then getting that pull from you. It's a drastic shift. It's almost catastrophic. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that word because you go from being so, if you can feel my personality here, it's like, hi, everybody, good to see you. How's it going? And then getting that taken away from you. Now you're home. And so you're looking at four walls going, uh-oh, how did I get here? And so mm-hmm. for any of you who have gone gone through that where you've had, you know, it could be divorce, it could be any shifts that you're going through, you not know, financial, switching jobs, any of that where you can relate to that, where you go from one world to another world and you're like, what? I don't understand this world. I don't know this world. And so you have to equip yourself with a new set of skills. And so that's what I went to seek to do. And once again, there's always going to be support out there. You just have to be open to it. And I I found support in weird ways, like people that kind of were yelling at me to like, get your life back. Like, I never thought that that was going to be the person who helped me get my life back. That's when I started going into therapy and getting those skills, because it's difficult to get those skills on your own. I'm not going to lie. You go into a very dark place. When you're in a dark place, it's hard to get those skills. So you need help. And it's okay to get someone, you know, we've talked about this in the past, like getting access to mental health. And that's when I started going in and learning the skills to get back. And little by little, it was like, wait a minute, I can walk around the block. I can walk around the park. I can't. And so little by little, you start picking up things that kind of look like semblances of who you were. I can participate in this way. I can do this. And so those are the things you start to build back. So you have some semblance of the past, but you also have a completely different outlook and future looking forward. And and those are skills that you you have to learn to build. It's like building a whole new life.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it sounds like just based off of everything, it was like you had to take that first step, right? And and I mean, this in a figurative and a literal way, right? Like you actually physically had to take that first step, but you you had to take the little, the, the small steps to start that journey towards, I mean, healing, especially oh. from that, from an emotional standpoint, uh, healing from, from even a physical standpoint to get to where you are today, to be able to walk, to do those things. You had to do those things. I'm sure the first step was probably the hardest, you know, and I'm sure there was a lot of hard things that happened after that, but talk about there, anger. Sort of sh- yeah, I was going to say anger, that, like, right? I- how did you shift? Like, how did you shift into, I mean, cause I'm sure there was a, a period, right? Like we talk about grief and things like that, the stages of, of that, yeah. like, there was there a shift at any point in time? Like, was there any, any circumstance, anything that, that sort of pushed you to kind of make that first step to take those actions that you're like, I got to change it.
1: It's pretty personal. And I I feel compelled to share this. I've never really shared this publicly, but I think it's a pretty personal thing. And and if it's going to help someone, I think that's, that's a positive. I think for me, I sat in grief for such a long time that you recognize that you're doing things that are not pot. I didn't recognize I was doing them, but outside people started recognizing, wait, she's not Mm -hmm. leaving the house. Maybe she hasn't taken a shower in three days. Maybe she's not eating properly. Maybe her, you know, she used to be so bubbly and excited and now her, you know, she doesn't have any, you know, zest for life. So all of those things people started seeing outside of me, but some of them were afraid to tell me. And so it took one interaction with a sister, with one of my sisters and shout out to my sister. She just came in and we were you know, having a normal interaction and she just looked at me and she just started yelling, get your life back just started pouring into me. And I, I took it as like, "What? Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand the pain. You don't understand sure. the heartache. You don't understand. And what she was telling me is fight, fight, fight to get your life back. And that was such such a powerful and beautiful thing. And that propelled me. Then I recognized here's my sister. Who's just a lovey, bubbly, happy person. And to see her in that state, I thought, Oh, wow. So there's always going to be that little voice that comes, I believe from God from above you know, and I believe that he planted that in my sister to kind of speak to me, like, get yours. You can come back from this dark hole. You can pull out of this. And that there is what propelled me. So I would say the next day is when I made the call because I had had the number from the doctor to call a a mental health specialist and I didn't want to do it because I thought I'm ashamed. I didn't want to go there. I made the call the next day, started getting into health and look where I am today. And it started from the first step. So shout out to my sister, shout out to anyone out there that's looking at someone and you can see that they're struggling or even yourself struggling, you know. talk to people, say what you're feeling, be vocal, get the help, so you can take the first step to get your life back. Yeah.
0: That victim mindset that we tend to have, right? And, and at a lower level, I went through a similar situation. And again, it was nothing to do with health. But the reason I got into entrepreneurship was because my the company that I was working for, I was an account executive at a mortgage company, and they uh, were, were struggling financially. They fired a bunch of the support staff and so our turn times skyrocketed we went to like 4 or 5 days underwriting turn times and the industry average was like 24 to 48 hours right 1 to 2 days you know our pricing was so far out of the market i just came into this victim mindset and i was like it's all their fault it's all their fault it's all their fault and i was just i wanted it to be something that i couldn't control right and so it was such a it was a learning experience for me cuz over this time i had a boss that used to tell me control what you can control like yes. it used to make me so mad. It used to piss me off. But, but looking back now that I've kind of gone through my own personal development journey. And again, you know, I'm not, I'm not com- trying to say it compares in terms of oh, you know, the severity it's, of it's the situation, relevant. but in, in terms of the victim mindset of like, well, it's, it's, you know, yeah, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm having to deal with. Like, how am I going to go get more You know, people to send me business because you know, I can't like, so there's like all these external things, but the truth is like, you know, we all have abilities to do things that we don't think we can do, or we don't want to do. Right. Because I think it's it's convenient to stay in that victim mindset. And I do think that there's massive amounts of, I mean, kudos to you for taking that step. Cause again, that was like a, a massive hurdle that you had to go through, but we're all capable of that. I mean, you see that 100%. in, in some of these guys, uh, Inky Johnson, right. The guy that was a football player and ended up, you know, with a, a severed artery in his, in his arm. <sighs> and instead of saying like, I should be out there playing football. He's like, dude, I'm alive, right? Like he he's the first person that could have said, man, I lost everything. And he's like, no, I gained everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is exactly what my whole life is about. And so I do think there's, you know, it's just again, kudos to you for taking those first steps. On, and I'm sure that was hard.
1: Yeah, I would say like, you, you said the word about control, I would say, grieve what you can't control and control mm-hmm. what you can control. So once again, grieve what you can't control and control what you can control. So that first part is allowing yourself to, to grieve for your losses. I think right. it's okay. So if to relate it to, to mortgage, if it's a tough market, you're not producing at the level that you were producing before, it's okay to grieve to that. But don't stay there very long because there's something on the other side that you have to start getting prepared for. And it starts today.
0: You know, you that's right. what I would share. And it's just those consistent actions. And it does start with that first step. And again, it, it doesn't have to be something as severe as, as, you know, losing your balance and things like that. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of things losing a job. There's a lot of things. And, and I think, or I know, I don't even think, I know that the problems, the biggest failures, the biggest, the biggest challenges that I've gone through in my life have also led to, to the highest levels of growth in no, the after 100%. effect. Right. Cause I've, I've grown 100%. through that. And I, I know for a fact that defined you, but not defines you in a negative way. It defines you in the way that like, hey, I'm not going to allow something like this to hold me back from achieving what I want to achieve, right?
1: 100%. It prepares you for the moments that that God has placed you to be in at the future pace of your life. Like I could not be and show up the way that I am today. I couldn't do it if I didn't have those experiences. So think about that. Relearning how to walk again. I mean... That's, you know, pretty, it's pretty drastic. mean, you have to figure out how to do those things, taking one step. Nothing really phases me that way. So that's how you learn in this moment to handle all the things that are out of control, things that get a little bit wonky. You can handle that because you learned how to walk again. So perspective, it prepares you for the next moments, anything you're going through in your life, it might be tough, stick through the storm, you're going to make it. And there's going to be a reason why you're going through that down the road that will reveal itself.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, let's, let's get to that, right? I mean. In this story, you, you've gone through all of these struggles. Uh, you end up on this idea or this topic of of marketing. Yeah. What what yes. did that mean in terms of the the, the next couple of years? Uh, because I'm sure you were just the best marketer as soon as uh, you learned about <laughs> marketing, right? No,
1: I didn't even know. I was thinking about marketing. Like, what's marketing? Is it the infomercials from TV? You know, the, who, the I think it was called Haradini is the first thing I ever bought from TV. Shout out to my mom for getting me the Haradini it's the first piece of product that I saw. And I was the type of kid that I actually did love getting those advertisements in the mail that would say, you know, $25 off here, 20, you know, the value packs. I love that stuff. So like I started understanding, like there might be something in here about marketing. What is that? But when my husband, he owns an insurance agency, and when he said, I need help with marketing, I was like, what I need customers. Oh, okay. So something will bring a customer. I need help with customers. And then there was, um, conferences, So he kind of said, Hey, can you go to this conference? I was like, conference, what is this? And it's the first conference that I attended. And a lot of our colleagues were actually there to today, our colleagues that we know, even some competitors in the space, they were there. And it was my first introduction to, okay, this is marketing, getting people to understand, you know, through a product, through an offering, how to compel them to take an action to move to your end goal. And I was like, I was blown away. I had never heard the words copywriting or value proposition or never heard of any of these things. And it just really, I thought, okay, this is what I'm gonna hold on to and I'm gonna go with it. And if I can do this from home, fantastic. And so I kind of just delved into that world of what is marketing? How can I understand it? How can I leverage it? And how can I let this be my career path? And that's that's what sparked it. Mm
0: -hmm. So when when was that sort of uh, initial spark or, or when did this happen? Like what year was that?
1: Wow, I would say it was 2010. I would say it was 2010, 2011. If I can go back, all of it's a little bit of a blur. I'm not going to lie, because so much has changed and so much has shifted. But I'd probably say it was around that time when when he started the agency and started moving that direction is when when I started. Like I couldn't believe that these most of these people worked from home. I was like, what is happening here? Or they were running their own insurance agencies, and I was just blown away. I was like, this is an, an opportunity here, and they were so fired up about you know, getting leads. i had never heard the word leads. I mean, just think about this. I was green. I never understood the word leads. I didn't understand forms, like capture, I, nothing. I didn't understand what any of this was. And it was just like, I was a sponge. What can I learn next? What can I learn next? And so then I started, you know, researching online, you know, people like I type in marketing would say Dan Kennedy, like some of these OGs and marketing that I was like, okay. And so I would try to read and absorb as much as I could to just, submerge myself into this world of like, what is truly market? What does that mean? And I feel like I was kind of led down a path toward mortgage marketing because it started kind of with real estate and mortgage. And then it just moved its way. And then I ended up in the world of mortgage marketing uh, with my mentor, uh, Bobby Stocks. And for those of you who don't know in the space, uh, he's probably one of the OGs in mortgage marketing. And so I kind of started with him and he shared with me what he was doing to generate leads in the mortgage space, and so he kind of you know, helped elevate me uh, and take me to the next level in terms of my mortgage marketing education and, and what I was doing in the space.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. And so you did that for a while. Did you just kind of learn, did you get any formal training or did you, did you no. sort of learn this all, you know? So you just, you just learn this yeah, all? Yeah, so, uh...
1: I mean, formal training, it's, you know, if, if you talk to a marketer, let's be honest, if you, t- if you talk to any marketer that's working in this space, we've spent thousands of dollars taking courses <laughs> I mean, you know, I think any of one thousands. of us can speak to the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not going to speak to how much I've spent on, <laughs> on this call, but uh, sorry, babe. But I will just say thousands and thousands of dollars on courses you're taking. Some of these courses come at five, ten thousand $10,000 a piece. You don't know if you're, if you're, it's the right person, but it's, there's not a lot of formal education. When I'm thinking about college and college marketing, no knock on that, but it's just not what we're doing here in the space. Um, to actually generate leads that we're doing. It's it's a completely different world. So there wasn't like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to take this college course. and I'm going to learn what I'm doing. It it wasn't that. I realized quickly, if I want to be in this game and I want to move at any pace, I need to figure out what my colleagues are doing and where they're going. And so I saw them taking courses on mindset. That was huge. I never exposed myself to that. So mindset, also learning just simple things about marketing. And I was like, everything they take, I'm going to take. So I would listen, what are you doing? What are you excelling in? What are you taking? Oh, try so-and-so, tr- take this course, don't take this course. So I just started stacking up with courses. It was a little scary, right? Because it's like, you're putting out funds and you're like, I don't know if this is the right person. And sometimes you get in there and you're like three weeks in and you're like, why did I buy this course? What the hell is this? I could have just looked on, you know, talked to a colleague and gotten this information. But it's it's what you go through. You have to go through these things. You have to experience it, take it in, learn. And so that's kind of, how I grew. It's not really self I can't say I was self-taught. I was taught by our, our community, right? Sure. Like not this college educated, but I was taught by the community.
0: I'll just say this for, I mean, I went to college, I got my business admin degree and uh, you know, we took a couple of marketing classes. I, I would say <laughs> that I don't remember a thing from college at all in terms of marketing. <laughs> and even if it did, it wasn't relevant because textbooks are like three to five years behind what is oh. actively happening in the market. Right. Cause marketing changes so quickly with the different platforms and things like that. So there's not a lot of formal education when it comes to college and things like that. In general, I mean, if you're going to be your own business owner, I don't really recommend college for most people. If you're going to be an employee, if you want to go work for someone, unfortunately, it's, it's a lot of times what is required to get a job. So you, you may or may not have to do that. I just don't, didn't see a lot of... I, I saw the value in it because you know looking back, I, mean, I, I networked, I got to play soccer. There's, there's things that, that were valuable about it. But in terms of me starting my business and learning marketing and learning business, I don't say that I would attribute any of it to that formal education that I got. And so I do think that that's huge. I mean, you know, again, investing thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars into that into programs and courses and coaches. Do you regret any of that? Like, do you regret spending money? No. I'm sure probably got some bad courses and some bad things. Bad. Some, some bad of numbers. stuff
1: was, some of the stuff was bad. And then you look, you know, you're paying five, $10,000 a course and some of it's bad. But I don't regret it because I think there was something to be taken from every experience, even the bad courses. Mm-hmm. And plus, you, know, you have to remember about your journey. Like if I was to go back and look at these courses now, I probably can take more than what I did when I was just starting. Right. So I would say everything is valuable. It, and hearing things from different people is also valuable. So I, I don't regret any of that. What I would say if anybody is, ends up listening, maybe you're a loan officer and you have a daughter or son that's interested in marketing what I would say to you is if they're coming out of college, I would have them go to like a large employer and I would have them go to like LinkedIn. I would have them go to Facebook. I would have them just go learn to spend big budgets, do things in SEO, media buying. I would just have them get exposed right away, throw them in. That's no. what I would have them do. I wouldn't maybe go our route necessarily, but if they're coming out of fresh out of college, just go learn with big budgets, go to the big, yeah. the big guys or even- and start learning how to spend.
0: Well, yeah, and, and learn from people that are, or or learn from people, or intern with someone that that maybe yes. has bigger budgets, or that is doing things. You know, just kind of finding the people. You know, again, looking back, if I would have known that I was going to fall into marketing, <laughs> I didn't even know that I was falling into marketing, so I didn't even have the the foresight to do that. But yeah, I agree. I mean, if if we had some more formal training from someone, and I mean by formal I just mean like sitting with a media buyer that has years of experience and this specifically teaching you how to run an ad on Facebook or run an ad on Google or run an ad on you know, these different platforms, because every platform takes, has its own learning curve. And there's so many different pieces, right? We talked about copywriting and there's human psychology, there's offers, there's landing page optimization. There's like all wow. of these different things you have to learn when you get into marketing. And, and I think that's one thing that, you know, most loan officers don't understand about marketing. Like, you know, we we talk to people who never run their ads before their own ads. And they just think that we, you know, push a button and, and, You know, leads just miraculously fall out of the sky, right? And then the people that have actively run ads before, like that's like the worst thing ever because there's so many moving pieces. There's so many things that you have to account for, and on top of that, not only are you dealing with landing pages and you're dealing with humans that you know are fickle, you're also dealing with a platform. If it's Facebook, if it's Google, if it's YouTube, that is going to be it's fluid, right? Things change. Uh, We talk about this from an SEO perspective. There's a lot of these changes that completely transformed, you know, how people ranked on Facebook. Same thing, right? Like you know, from one month to the next, you might have the best month ever. And then the next month, all of a sudden costs skyrocket, right? So there's so many variables that you have to account for that isn't taken into account when you're dealing with this. And then there in you know, the complexities of, of human nature and things like that, like there's so many things that you have to think about uh, when it comes to marketing. So when it comes to marketing for a loan officer, like where would you start? Let's say... You know, you would go back, and maybe you became a loan officer. Where would you start uh, uh, learning if it came to marketing uh, specific to a loan officer? So we can kind of give that you know tangible, specific value for for a loan officer listening to this.
1: Okay, so if you remember anything from this from this podcast, no like trust, no like trust. I say it till I'm blue in the face. That is your goal when you're going in and you're going to start marketing. No like trust. That's your goal. You have to get humans to get to like you who do not know you. So how do you do that? So if I was coming in as a loan officer and stepping in, the first thing I would do is I would just pick a platform. And in this case, we'll speak to Facebook. I would go to Facebook and I would make sure everyone in my space knew what I did for a living. Okay. It's amazing to us. Luke and I review hundreds over time, right? You know, clients that come to us and nobody knows what they do for a living. And a lot of these loan officers take for granted. Oh, well, they know what I do. People know what people don't know what you do. I bet you, your third cousin has no idea what you do, right? So you got to get in there and you have to make sure that you go to your Facebook page and almost turn this Facebook page into a funnel. That's what we call, right? A funnel. So it's, Luke can explain a little bit more about the, the ins and outs of a funnel. But what I want to talk to you is like, you're going there and nice photo, right? Like a good photo who you are, put a link there that shows directly to the website that you're going to say what you do. On Luke's, line, it says, what is your say, Luke? Like dad, it says some yeah, father, critical I things, think, right?
0: I think proud husband, father, and then you know some other stuff about marketing down below. Right,
1: so it's something personal. And then he puts a link to the website. And so that way people know what he does. And so if that's what I was doing as a loan officer, that's the first place I would start. Okay, second place I would start is I would start being consistent with my posting. All right. I would get on there and start letting people know what it is that I do. Of course, you're going to post a mixture of, you know, family things and events. So people get to know you know, like trust, they're going to get to know you. And then I would also put in experiences, just help a nurse get into a home, just help a teacher get into a home, just help this family. And I would be taking photos. You know, realtors do a very, very good job. You go look at any local realtor. They absolutely dominate this. Go look at their Facebook pages and mimic what they're doing because they understand that they have to get out to the community and let people know who they are. And they understand that they have to market. They understand this is a long game. So they're trying to get people in their funnel to get people to know, like, and trust them and follow them throughout their journey so that they can trust them enough. So when they want to buy a house, they'll want to go with that realtor. So that's what I would recommend. I would go follow a top realtor in your space, copy what they're doing because what they're doing is usually fantastic. Letting people who know who they are posting out there relevant photos with the family, situations and then start talking about business along the way. That's the place where I would start, Luke. And then just start friending people in this space. Mm -hmm. Start friending people. Start friending realtors, right? You need realtor referral partners. That's never going to go away. Start changing your mindset, right? Like, oh, I don't need a realtor. No, you need realtors. So get in there and start friending realtors little by little. Start friending them. Go on different platforms. And that's exactly the formula that I would take. Um, It's just to start getting people to know like and trust me as quickly as possible. That's what I would do before I even consider to purchase leads. Why would I do that? Because people don't know who you are. Because We're curious by nature. We're going to, when a lead goes through a funnel, they're going to go, "Uh Oh, I just filled out 14 pieces of information. Let me go see if this person's legitimate. What's their name? And what do you think they're going to go look? They're going to go look online. And if there's nothing to be had here, they're going to go to Google, Facebook. They might even check Zillow. They're going to go type in your name. LinkedIn. Please, if you're hearing this, go type in your name in Google. Okay. So I would type Luke Shankula loan officer, Marissa Barraza droplet loan officer, type in your name loan officer and see what comes up because that's what these people are going to do. And if you don't see yourself there, or you see something negative about yourself, make an adjustment. That's what I would suggest.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say that, I mean, same thing, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about, I mean, especially if you're talking about like running ads and generating leads, there's, there's no trust built into that process. So as Marissa talked about, like you're going to get someone's going to go look you up, right? And, and the one thing about using platforms like LinkedIn, social media, like Facebook, is they have very high domain authority. So someone's going to Google you, uh, you should be getting Google reviews as well. Uh, that's one thing, but they're going to go look at your social media, they're going to go see, okay, who is this person, right? is it someone that I want to do business with, they're going to go look at, you know, what what do you care about? Are you talk? Are you only talking about politics all the time? Are you you know, what is it that you like to do? Are you a ghost on social media? Do you not like, can they tell you're even a, a loan officer? So I think there's a lot of things when we're coming, we're talking specific to a social media. And I, I what I think about is social media is probably the, one of the greatest inventions for <laughs> loan officers that's yes. ever existed. Right. In, in the past, loan officers had to go to networking events. They had to go to be eyes. They had to go, you know, do the, you know, realtor stuff, right? Like, and you should still do that stuff but social media allows you to network at scale while you're sitting in your pajamas at a computer, right? Like you don't have 100%. to actually go out and talk to people, but you can create a persona online. I don't mean like create a fake person. I mean, be yourself, but create this brand around yourself that is based off of who you are as a person. And so many times people want to create this thing, or they'll just go onto social media and they'll only post their business stuff. So that's one side of things, right? They only post their business. They post or they'll share listings of their real estate agents and things like that, right? What they don't understand is is that's not how humans work. And second, that's not how social media platforms work. So Facebook and Instagram and all these platforms, they want people to stay on the platforms as long as possible. Their metric for success is how long can I keep them on this platform? If your content is getting engagement, likes, comments, things like that, that is a sign to Facebook, to Instagram, to any of these platforms that are social media. It's sign to them that you're a creator, that they want to promote more, right? So the more engagement you get, the more you're going to actually get results, right? And I mean, like, and I mean this in, in a way where it's like, don't chase vanity metrics. Uh, oh. It's not all about that. It's not all about the likes and things, but you have to also understand how the algorithm works. So you do want to put out content that is going to get engagement. So talking about being a family. So there's, there's two things that you're doing with that type of engagement or that type of content, Right. One, you're kind of sort of gaming the algorithm because they want people to engage with their stuff. And two, you're just playing off of human psychology. People want to see that people are like them, right? So like they yes. like to do business with people that are similar to them. So if you're just posting only business stuff, they're gonna be like, eh, I don't care. Plus it's gonna <laughs> it's get boring. less engagement. It's oh. Right, exactly. So it's just, there's so many things that that, you know, that loan officers a lot of times overlook. And then, like you said, there's a lot of people that are ghosts. You go on their social media, you can't tell they're a loan officer. So then they do the opposite, right? That's the opposite side of the spectrum where then there's people that don't use social media at all. They don't list that they're a loan officer at the top. They don't have any content that talks about them being a loan officer. And they're like, why am I not getting loans? Well, you can't get loans from being, from hope marketing. You actually have to market your business. Hope marketing.
1: I like that
0: term. Let's coin that. Does anybody coin that? Hope marketing? I don't know. I love that. I mean, I've talked about that for years. I've talked about that for years. I, I think there's... Just to go back to your stuff. I mean, it's it's like a lot of the simple things people don't do. Oh, the and then they wonder want And I don't, wanna,
1: I don't want people overwhelmed, okay? So you're going to hear us, you're going to hear some gurus in the space and they're going to say, you need to post five, 10 times a day. Okay, listen, let's be honest here. Between, if you're listening, you as a loan officer and us, we're not asking you to be a social media influencer right now. That's not what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's be really clear. So it's sometimes hard when people hear like, I got to post 10 times a day, five times a day listen, just start posting once a day, just start flexing a muscle, maybe three times a week. If that's, if once a day is too much, three times a week, it's a muscle. You have to learn how to flex. And these are just Mm -hmm. the fundamentals, the basics of what you need. That's why I would be starting like when Luke asked what I do, I would, I would start with the basics. I need people to know that I exist and I need to be consistently putting content out there so people can like me, right. And then start to trust me. And when they do that, there's power in that. And then you can start worrying about, okay, I need to post three, four, five times a day. Okay, I need to game the algorithm. But that's why I want you to know, just like what I did, taking the first step, you take a first step. You don't have to go run. Okay, that's not what I'm asking you. Just start, go look at your profile. Can people know that I'm not a ghost anymore? You know, do I exist? And then just start flexing a little bit. Growing, getting that muscle strong. Let me post once a week. Let me post three times a week we post every day. That's what
0: I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And it, it's going to be awkward at first, right? Especially if awkward. you're someone that doesn't use social media, it's going to be awkward to talk about your family. If you, that's not the type of person you are. I mean, a lot, of, I mean, I was a pretty much a a ghoster when I first started in marketing. I didn't, I didn't post I'd go on. I was, just, I mean, I just go on and like scroll and stuff, but I didn't actually post very often every once in a while I'd post something like family, but uh, I had to create that muscle. You are talking about the muscle and it didn't start with, Posting every single day, a couple times a day, and, and you start to develop copywriting muscle. You start to get yes. better at writing. You start to get better at telling stories. And it, but it does take time, which is okay because when you first get started, you're probably going to have three or four or five hundred people on your list. But Facebook has a five thousand person cap. Mm-hmm. Utilize that. Go find more people that you can network with. Like, just think about this as a networking platform that showcases who you are as a person, without you having to go to a BNI, without you having to go to you know, countless meetings with realtors. Like, yeah, you should still do those things, but this allows you to have more scale with your networking ability. So when it comes to right now in this market, what would you say is like the one thing let's just pretend maybe you were, you were to be a loan officer. Like what would you do today to go out and get business? You know what I would do? I would be a foot soldier.
1: (laughs) Let's be honest, if I didn't have, if I wasn't going out and I had a marketing dollars, maybe I didn't, you know, maybe I'm just starting and I don't have marketing dollars. Number one, I take the step back. I would go and do what I said I would do with the social. Sure. That'd be number one. Okay. And then I would be a foot soldier. I would learn how to talk to people. You know, one of the things that if people were to ask me to go back, sales, your ability to speak, overcome objections, you need to learn how to do that in your space. Okay. Because you're going to hear people say, I'm not ready now. I'm, I, I can, I don't have a down payment. I, I, I don't, you know, you're going to hear all these directions. So you need to learn how to flex another muscle, which is that muscle, overcoming objections, right? So I would be at people's offices. I would go down there because you have to put in a little bit of sweat equity sometimes. Sure. And that's that's the muscle that I would learn to build is talk to as many people as I can. I would do those basic things, going to be eyes. I would do those things of going and knocking on doors if I did not have marketing dollars, right? Um, because I would want to flex that muscle so much that I'm so comfortable to deal with rejection at all times. Right? And then I have a way to overcome those objections. So yes, I would, <laughs> I would be at every realtor's office. Hi, how's it going? And I would come up with strategic ways. Every time I spoke with them as how can I work with you? It wouldn't just be about donuts and coffee. I would start getting smart. Okay. I'm not bringing you donuts and coffee. Let me bring you some value. Right. So I would go get a basic marketing book and I would say, I would go figure out some basic strategies of how we both can win. I would talk to them. Have you, you know, I was looking here, you know, um, at your social media, maybe you should try posting this, I would try to become a little bit of an authority to them, bring them some value. You know, that's exactly what I would be doing is figuring out what I can do to get to as many people as I can and learning to overcome objections. That would be my my number one thing I would do.
0: It's funny, it's funny, you mentioned that, because it's, it's one of the first things I always tell people, because a lot of times we were like, "Hey, I am a new new loan officer, should I buy leads? Like, no, like you shouldn't no. maybe the first one or two years, like you talked about one side of the equation, which is become good at talking with you know, doing sales, things like that. The other side of the equation is like, you actually have to learn to be a good loan officer because like you're not 100%. going to understand guidelines and all those types of things. And so- you We're going to overwhelm
1: you with leads, Luke. You know that. We're going to overwhelm yep. these people with leads. We can get you hundreds of leads. And so we're going to overwhelm you and we're going to break your process. So you need to be on point with some basic abilities, your ability to overcome objections, your ability to talk to people, your ability to convert people, to know your craft, to know how to, you know, work alone. You know, you have to know those abilities before you start going and paying someone thousands of dollars. And then you're going to be like, this didn't work. No, you have to get the fundamentals down to so start getting working on that. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, a lot of uh, officers, for some reason, they just don't realize they're salespeople. They don't realize you are a salesperson. You're helping people, you know, with one of the largest sales purchases of their life. You know, if that has not hit you now, know that
0: sales. And we can we can go down this road, and I've gone down this road a few times. I, we're, we got to kind of wrap it up here as we're as we're getting to the top of the hour. But um, <laughs> no, I think so many times sales uh, they think they're not salespeople. I think it's because they they believe that sales is a bad word. That sales is bad, oh. and the consumer also sometimes believes sales is bad because people don't want to be sold, right? They want to oh. buy, but it's not about like convincing someone to do something they don't want to do. They already want to buy a house. All you're convincing them to do is like. Am I the, the the expert and the authority? Like, yes. first of all, do they have a problem? Like, do they need to buy a home today? Like, do they have the income, the assets, the credit, those types of things? And if so, do you believe that you have the best product and the best service for that particular person? And if you do, if you truly believe in yourself and your product and your service, then it's your moral obligation to tell them why they should buy and why they should buy today, because you're the expert. You're the one that does transactions every single day. You're the one that talks to consumers every day. You know, the guidelines, you know what it takes to buy a home. They don't, they do this once, twice, three times, four times in their life, right? Mm -hmm. They might do some more refinances, but they're not going to buy 20 houses in their life. They're not going to buy hundreds of houses in their life unless they're a real estate investor, but that's like tiny percentage of people. So understanding that sales isn't bad. it's, It's just helping someone.
1: It's just helping somebody. That's it.
0: So just to kind of wrap things up, I mean, I think, like to to me, the biggest takeaways from just everything that that uh, that that we talked about today is hard times is not an excuse to give up, right? It's it's oh, an, an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to to you know to learn from from bad experiences, and that takes just getting up and continuing to take one step forward every single day. So whether it comes to mortgage, whether it comes to life, whatever it is there's always opportunities for growth and looking at challenges as opportunities to grow is really going to change your perspective on, on everything on life, on just everything in general. And so I just really like that idea that we're not defined by our failures. We're not defined by the, the, the hard times, right. And in the negative way, maybe it defines yeah. us in a positive way where, Hey, we learned through the growth, but the, the big thing was just get out there, take that first step, stop waiting for everything to be perfect. Stop waiting for your situation to be perfect. It doesn't matter if you're in a bad situation, go fix it. You can, you have the capacity to do that. So if someone wanted to learn more about you, uh, you know, loans on demand program, loans or, on demand, <laughs> or, or, or meet with you, or, or, you know, just reach out to you and connect with you. Where's the best place for them to connect with you?
1: I'm old school. So follow me on Facebook. I know a lot of people with Instagram, but my handles Marissa Barraza, B-A-R-R-A-Z-A Marissa two S's. So come follow me. Um, reach out. You can reach us through our contact page on LoansOnDemand.io. I'm always here to support you. I have your back.
0: First awesome. step. Awesome. Thank everyone. you so much, uh, Marissa, <laughs> for being here, and for everybody who's listening. If you are interested in learning how to help or how how we're helping loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to FlipTheStatusQuo.com. Book a time to, to chat with us. See how we're helping loan officers all over the country. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the Loans on Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.